Hi, this is Paul Warren, and you're listening to the Rams Review Podcast. This is the Rams Review Podcast. Discussions, insights, interviews, and analysis. All passion, all Derby County. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rams Review podcast with your host this week, Jason. Was meant to have two guests this week. Unfortunately, Jacob couldn't make it due to a couple of technical issues that I've just had on the setup. But luckily, one guest has managed to stay around and returning guest, Jack Simpson. Jack, thank you very much for holding out, mate. And uh, hopefully this audio is usable. Yeah, <laughs> thank you very much for having me. Let's hope that uh, voices don't sound too croaky by the end of it. Yeah, t- to say that I'm in a place that was only created 20 years ago at Milton Keynes. They uh, they need to ramp up their their uh, phone signal around here, I have to say. <laughs> their Wi-Fi, it's it's a bit terrible here, but we'll see uh, We'll see what we can salvage out of it. Um, well, we, we've this week on the uh, podcast, we've got two games to go back on. And based on the last episode that I did, we were we were sort of hoping for two unbeaten, sort of four to six points, and Derby marching towards the top of the league. Jack, that's not happened. Two two results that have slightly grounded Derby County over the last four days. There's murmurings of the traditional January slide starting to uh, happen on X and, and Facebook. We'll, we'll mention that in a little bit more detail later on, but... Um, the two games we are focused on is obviously the nil-nil draw on Saturday at Central Bank against Lincoln, and then as of recorded on Wednesday night, last night's pretty dour and disappointing one-nil defeat at the Set Lease Car Stadium or whatever it may well be these days um, in, yeah. at, against Reading. Well, we'll we'll go. We'll touch on last night in a little minute, but we'll, we'll focus on that trip to Central Bank on Saturday first, and in a game that when we previewed it last week, um, you know, Lincoln were a side that had, had not done too bad. They were hovering around mid-table, but when we met them at Pride Park just before that beginning of the uh, Christmas period, really, you know, they were up in eighth or ninth. They've not got a bad defensive record. Their problem was putting the ball in the back of the net. And we had on a Lincoln fan to say that, you know, they'd managed to strengthen in January. They'd managed to bring... Uh, a couple of players in, re- returning a couple of players on loan. And I thought, ultimately, that was a quite a deciding factor. You could see Lincoln were, you know, an organised side that with that addition to the forward line, and I have to, I, I do apologise, I've not done, uh, I've not done the research on the striker's name, but he called, he caused Derby no end of trouble on, on Saturday. And, most definitely should have got his name on the score sheet more than once. So for Derby to come out of that one, uh, you know, w- with a point where Derby were, I don't think they were as lacklustre as last night, but, you know, they, they they were clearly in a game and things didn't quite come off for him. Um, but a tricky, a, you know, a tricky trip always is Lincoln. Uh, and unfortunately, we're going to say this quite a bit over the two games. You know, zero goals scored, not exactly any chances created. I don't think that's a single shot on target in two games. Um, there's just not a lot over the two. We, we, we almost have to join them together, really. There's just not a lot to write home about, about those two away trips at all, is there, Jack? No, not really. I think that 
from the two games, I think one thing that we can say is both games we've actually looked like the away side where we've kind of just let both teams sort of have a little bit of control on the game. Yes, you can sort of say we had we, we had more of the ball in both games, especially Lincoln. We was absolutely all over for most of the game. Um, but I don't think it was, it was clear cut that at any point we was going to put the ball in the back of the net. And I think, to be honest with you, that's been a common theme throughout the season. I mean, you look at the you look at some of the players that we've got and in in this league, as we've touched on so many times, and you and you really do just think to yourself like how much of a in a good position we would actually be in if we could just finish our chances and finish off the games where really we have dropped points and maybe things could have changed slightly. But I think when you look, when you look back on it and and it comes down to the end of the season, the points that we've dropped in those sort of games, looking back all the way to Portsmouth, then Lincoln, then Reading last night. I think it's just going to be the story of Derby County all over again when we're looking at those games thinking, what if? Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's disappointing. And to be honest with you, those, the good run that we had probably papered over the cracks a little bit in terms of how we looked at how the midfield was looking last night, things like that. And even for the last few games, the midfield has, had, has looked a little bit shaky and we're just relying on one or two sort of moments of brilliance. But at the minute, it's, it's very clear to see that this sort of dry patch that we're going through needs to needs to sort of get out of it very quickly if we want him to be up there at the end of the season. Yeah, I can't, I can't argue with anything you've just said. And it's sort of a couple of the points you've just touched on there kind of rings alarm bells with me over the last two. Um, and yes, we went on a, a cracking unbeaten run. Uh, you know, we can't take anything away. But I saw, I think it was a, an X. Do you call them Xs or tweets still? I, I don't know, but whatever it may well be. <laughs> That, yeah, somewhere along those lines. Yeah, and we've kind of flirted with this idea over the sort of course of the season that Derby have got results based on how poor other teams have been, more so than Absolutely. how good Derby have been in those games. And to be honest with you, I'd not, re- mm-hmm. I'd given it some thought, but I'd not given it as much thought. And then, sort of prepping for this one, when I think back to some of the results that Derby have got and haven't got this season and the last two games for me highlights it quite well Lincoln turned up gave Derby a game Reading turned up gave Derby a game Derby's got one point out of the two when we went to Stevenage four or five months ago right at the you know beginning of this good run Stevenage battered us there's no two ways about it they turned up they they really outplayed us and sort of the games where we have picked up the results um those teams haven't massively turned up, in all in all fairness. I mean, you could probably argue Oxford, um, obviously over that Christmas period, but it was a what thirteen minute shit show from Derby in in terms of you know giving away a penalty, giving away a set piece, they're two nil up, and then from that moment, for me, there was only ever one winner. And yes, Derby have got to obviously still apply themselves in those games. Um, but Oxford didn't offer particularly anything for that next 75 minutes. Wigan on Boxing Day, Derby absolutely battered them for 70 minutes, but Wigan weren't in the game, and it wasn't until the last 20 minutes Wigan started to play, and Derby obviously sat back. Luckily, we managed to hold on on, on that occasion. And I just think, back, you know, again, Peterborough at, at home, New Year's Day, they outplayed Derby. There's no there's no two ways about it. They came with a game plan, and, and Derby didn't have the answers. Okay, we're only six minutes away from winning it, arguably 90 seconds away from getting a point. But I, I'm just thinking more and more about it, that the standard of this league, and as I say, it's been a topic that has cropped up, obviously, on the podcast, and quite rightly, that the quality of this league isn't fantastic. Um, but I don't think the facts lie, Jack, really. When you look back at the last, what, 27 games, is it now, Derby have played? I'd I'd struggle to pick out more than three where I've I've honestly thought Derby have dominated dominated a game certainly from start to finish. Uh, that's not to say that Derby haven't come away from games with points and not deserved them, but is that more so as I say just the disappointment of the uh, disappointing performance of the uh, opponents more than anything? Because I don't see how a team who if they'd have won last night, would have gone top of the league, albeit there's a couple of teams' points, you know, um, games in hand. When this side hasn't put out a 90-minute performance all season, we, we've not had a run of, seven, you know, even three or four consecutives 
solid performances where fans can turn around and go, yeah, this this team's moving in the right direction. There's always been something that's cropped up, if that be a, a bad performance here and there, uh, obviously a run of nice fixtures, whatever it may well be. So for me, I'm, I'm kind of sat here with the running, what, 19 games to go, still very much in it, still can actually, I believe, be top of the league by the end of Saturday's play after Cheltenham which we'll move on to later. And as a Derby fan, I hate to say it, they're, they're nowhere near, for me, they're nowhere near a top of the table side. And it just it just harps back to the quality in this division really, really isn't that good at all, is it? You, you've hit the nail on the head and you think about it when, we, when it comes to the end of the season, ultimately we want to be in the top two. No Derby fan wants to sit through the playoffs all over again especially in the league that we're in at the minute. We just do not want to be going through another three games, hoping that we get over the line um, in Wembley. But I, I just look at it now and I think to myself, really, the games that like, like we've had ye- uh, yesterday and like we had on Saturday, and you look back to that Wigan one where we're scraping it, looking at that Oxford one where we was dominating them all game, but we had a poor 13 minutes where we conceded two goals. I look back on, on all of those games throughout the season and I just think to myself, where are we really going to be getting those points when it gets to the, the crucial end of the season where teams are really starting to push, adding that extra 10% in, things like that. But for me, the big thing is is making sure now, obviously the big thing is about keeping players fit and hopefully John Jules is, uh, whatever's happened to him, is okay and we can sort of just keep him um, keep him going. But we need to be just killing teams when we're, when we're creating these chances. Because we saw it last night that we were creating chances, but no shots on target with some of the chances we were making and things like that just isn't good enough. And and it's no excuse to say that we've got... And, and it's no surprise that we're still talking about the quality that we've got on the pitch and some of the players that can just sort of bring out something out of nothing. But at the minute, we can't just rely on a moment of brilliance from from Horahan on the edge of the box. We can't just rely on Mendes Yang to take on a few players and put it on the edge of the box to somebody or in the box to somebody. But at the minute, it's really, really crucial that we are just putting teams to bed when we're on top. And ultimately, like last night, when we really don't deserve to be winning, at least trying to salvage something from the game, whether it's one point, just getting something from it, not making this game seem like it's absolutely useless. Yeah, um, I, I would I would agree. And something we kind of dragged up on the last podcast was Derby's sort of bit of soft, a, a soft underbelly sort of been creeping in over the last weeks. Obviously, goals have we've started conceding a few more goals before uh, than than we had done previously. I know, obviously, there are absentees from that back line injury wise. There's obviously been a change in the goals that we've talking about take, talking uh, sorry talked about um and that's obviously always going to be a, a bit difficult but certainly last night and I don't want to sort of gloss too much over Lincoln but at the end of the day Derby got a point out of it it was a nil nil draw and ultimately I think Derby were lucky to probably come away with a point there isn't really that much else to talk about it from a Derby standpoint um, it would have just it was just one of those if they'd have backed that up last night with with three points, you'd have just gone decent point away from home without playing at your best. But the problem is, and it's what I think we should focus on last night. We we were outrun. We were outfought. We looked we just looked so unconfident. We, we didn't know what to do when we'd got yeah. the ball. Um, they were ratting around. I mean, and this is a team, we spoke about it last week, obviously, on the, to, when we previewed it. This is a team that's having an absolute nightmare off the field. And don't get me wrong, we, we know what that's like. And it did galvanise the team in, in some respects. So, you know, kudos to that. Um, but that should have been the number one topic in, in the team talk, if anything. They're going to go out there. They're going to hit you. They're going to you know, really, really press you. They're going to work you. You've got to play smart and you've got to do the right things. And we didn't do none of them things last night, Jack. We couldn't string a pass together. And that is for for a point of the season now where, and let's face it, this is not a team that's chopped and changed over the last three months. These are the same best part. Let's say there's a couple of changes at the back and I get that, but the majority of them, this is the exact same 11, 12, 13 players that play week in, week out. And then 
when you can't string a pass together, it the mind boggles a little bit for me. I, I just I just don't know what it was about last night. We looked we we just looked scared of them. We looked inferior. And I mean, we know that there's been a points deduction at Reading. I mean, given back the points deduction, they're still not riding high. You know, not, they wouldn't be top of the table or anything like that. They'd be a mid, you know, sort of a mid-table sort of side. It, then they're not at the top end. And with everything else that's been going on, you, you just you just wonder how they can get up for a game like they did last night. And and, and all praise, I, not very often I praise away, you know, away teams, but all... all Sorry, the opposition teams. All praise to Reading last night, Jack, because they did exactly what they needed to do to beat Derby. And we it was only a couple of weeks ago, obviously, in the trophy against Bradford when Paul Warren said it himself. If teams want to know how to beat Derby, they've just got to watch that video. Well, clearly Reading must have watched it because it's exactly... They, they play very, very similar to the way that I thought Bradford did against us. Um, but they obviously have got that more experience. They've got a little bit more quality in their side. Um, and okay, it was only 1-0, you know, they've hit the woodwork a couple of times, obviously we hit the woodwork, we've carved out a couple of half chances, but every single time Reading attacked last night, I would, our defence just didn't look all that comfortable, and, and I know that Callum Elder got the man of the match, and I have to say, I thought he'd, he'd put an half-decent shift in, I thought Cashin had an, an off night, um, Nels was off and off. Kane, again, going forward. He was trying, but nothing was coming off. But the middle of the park, I think that's the talking point, isn't it? We've said it so many times this season. The balance in the middle of that park sometimes is... It's just baffling, really, how two players of the quality that they have and the experience that they have... And I know Max is still young, but he's got experience and certainly a professional like Conor Oran and obviously the other players that you've got around them. Um, I just struggle to see how you can sometimes, at this stage of the season, you're going to have wobbles every now and again, I get that, but there was eight, nine players completely off the game last night. We're not talking a bit of desire and nothing coming off. We're talking they can't string three passes together. They're running balls out of play. That. Every single good thing that we've sort of seen from Derby over this season, the raking balls from Cashin, the the, the acute passing from Orahan, that just did not come off last night at all. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, if, if we go on to Saturday and, and we beat Cheltenham and then we go on to Charlton uh, uh, on the Saturday after and we get a result, maybe this slightly gets forgotten about. But it, to me, it's a little bit worrying that you're now in... Not quite, but you are getting very close to that business end of the season. And we're still far too, for me, far too inconsistent to um, to really be in the conversation for, for top two. I think I, I think I said it last week, you'd have to be awful between now and the end of the season to, to not be in the playoffs. And I think that's more because of the quality of sort of the other teams that are up in and around it. There is a bit of a there is a bit of a chasm in quality, I think, in this division, clearly. Um but performances like last night, for me, that's not just for me personally, that's not just an off night. there's that after a run of twelve twelve games like we've had before obviously Saturday, those sort of performances just shouldn't shouldn't really for me exist and especially with the experience and, and the quality that we've got and you can accept it from one or two not everybody's going to play good every week I get that but when you've got at least eight or nine just not as I say not not doing the bare basics that you'd expect a Sunday league team to go out and perform and obviously that's probably being a bit harsh but you know we, we are at the moment, so inconsistent. And we thought we'd sort of found a formula. And it leaves me asking the question, are Derby sort of back to, sort of back to square one again a little bit? And that's, 
that should be difficult to say after a run like we've been on over the last three months, but that's the way it feels. I don't think after, like I say, a run of that, you shouldn't get a blended over the two games. You shouldn't get two performances in a row like that for me, home or away. Absolutely. And I think just to echo some of the things that you've said in terms of things like the midfield, um, obviously we added in Ruby Thompson today, uh, yesterday in front of uh, Max Bird and Horahan. And I thought in terms of the energy, he he, he did okay. He, he wasn't outstanding, but he did okay. Um, but I think in terms of that midfield, the, the real way to beat Derby County is literally just to run and it is to ru- outrun the midfield. And you think to yourself, we haven't got a fast midfield anyway with Max Bird and Conor Horahan. They're not somebody where you can sort of be chasing after players for 90 minutes. And I actually generally thought when it got to 60, 70 minutes that the, the whole team got tired. And it's very weird to say that about a Derby County side when over pre-season at the start of the season, the manager's talking to everybody saying, I want my team to run and we want to outrun teams. When last night and a few games this season, the easy way for us to be conceding goals is to just not run. And that was exactly what was happening last night. And they were just absolutely all over us in terms of the midfield. And I I look at that and I think to myself, well, in terms of our actual sort of how we played and, and how we have been in those games this season, you've said it yourself, teams know how to beat Derby County. And it's like a written poster that is on every team's rule. When we play play Derby County, this is exactly what we've got to do. And it is literally, it's like a common theme where literally our midfield in these games is non-existent. And for some reason, we're having these same conversations, whether it's the personnel, whether it's the system. We don't know what it is, but we actually looked like the team that was at the bottom of the table yesterday. And Reading looked like the team that if they won, they would have been top of the table. Now, if that's not motivation in itself, for Derby and the players to go, we can be top of the league, be on the same games played as Portsmouth and we can be top of the table uh, at the end of this game week. And you think to yourself, what else are they going to get motivated for? If it's not this, if it's not the fact that they could be in with a chance of, of being champions of this division, I don't understand where where else the confidence is going to come from because that sort of game would absolutely put every single person that is a Derby County fan on the edge of their seat for 90 minutes, making sure that they can get this win. And everyone wants to. And we took a load of fans down. We probably took more fans that was than, uh, than Reading fans that was actually in the stadium. But those fans did not deserve the performance that was shown yesterday. And to be honest with you, we, no, no Derby fans have deserved the performance that, that we've seen sort of like that this season, where we have been outrun from teams away from home. It, or even when we've been at home and we look like the away side. I just think at the minute we're saying things and they're really common sort of things that we're saying in terms of the midfield, whether it's we're having a few defensive mistakes, whatever that looks like. But if we want to be up there at the end of the season, that needs to quickly change um, because otherwise we're going to be looking at previous years thinking, same old Derby County. We've managed to do all the hard work at the start of the season to try and get towards the top. And it gets to January, February, and we've got a mountain to climb towards the end of the season. Uh, and and I just hope that we don't establish ourselves as a League One club for too much longer, because everything that we're seeing at the minute, it's it's painful, and we deserve to be in the Championship as as the club size, the things that we've gone through over the last few years, and as a team, we're good enough. But if we're playing like last night, then I have got no confidence that we are going to be reaching for the top two. And if we're in the playoff with the Derby County that we know in previous years, I don't back us to be winning the playoffs in any division. So we've just got to hope that Saturday's game against Cheltenham, again, a side that's near the bottom of the table, um, we, we come out on top and we just hope that we actually look like we want to be going for the win and making ourselves correct the mistakes that we've had over the last few games in terms of the performances. No, I'd, absolutely. And it, it's, it's not negative, negative, negative. Um, you know, we'll talk about a couple of other things in a second, but... It, it it was just it was the manner of the performance for me, Jack. It, it was just, you know that that's just not acceptable for me. And that no, it's I can't think of many this season, especially. I I can't think of of many worse performances than that. I, I okay, people will probably pull up Stevenage or Shrewsbury away, um, and yeah, they they were dog awful. There's no two ways about it, but. I think, as I mentioned a minute ago, from a team that's gone on the run that they've gone on, and I appreciate there is a couple of missing out that, um, which is a bit of a concern in itself if we literally have an 11 that have to play week in, week out to get results in this division. Um, last night, for for me, is just 
that is unacceptable. And I'm sure the coach and the management team will obviously be saying the exact same thing. Um, but it's it's not, that, as you've just alluded to as well, it's not the first time we've said it. It's It won't be the last time, I'm sure, this season that we're saying it. Um, and it's a very bizarre situation to be in like we meant like i mentioned at the beginning our team can can be as and we are now that 10 out of 12 is starting to be blemished because of the poorness of the last of the last couple um and like you say that's going to have to be eradicated on saturday and if it is if if derby go out there beat cheltenham and beat them comfortably maybe it maybe it will be forgotten about and then obviously we go again at, at against Charlton at, in a, in two weeks' time. And things may well be a lot different. Obviously, the window will be shut. We might have a striker in. We might have this uh, somebody else in. You know, the, the things could look a lot different in two weeks' time. But we can only, obviously, as we do on when we review games, we can only base it on sort of the here and now. And that, for me, is not a performance that I'm accepting from a, as a Derby fan. I'd, nobody, I don't think there's any Derby fan that will turn around and say Derby, Derby's performance this season, and, and in fact, under Paul Warren at all, have been scintillating, because I don't think they have. They've been effective at times. Um, but, as I say, I don't want to be completely negative. It, it's it's odd not to be after last night, because that was just that bad for me. Um, I mean, sort of digging in in a little bit, more detail, obviously, as we say, Connor at the post. We we thought we didn't really create anything. The first cross of real venom comes into the box in what about the sixty fifth minute when James Tuck Collins has just gone off. It falls to the head of John Jules, who should absolutely bury it. I mean, if Collins is on the end of yeah. that, he probably puts that in the back of the net. And then, as he, he obviously brought on Ward. You know, another crosser of the ball, we shifted it around, and then you you know you chained. Well, I think it was it was that substitution. He took off, you know, one of your main attacking threats from from headed goals, and it's it just makes you wonder um, the tactical sort of decision with that. Um, and I, I I get it, but it, for me it looks a bit, and it, it's obviously it's worked at Reading before. But when you're chucking Sonny Bradley up front for the last five minutes, it, it's all it's all a bit too desperate for me. There there needs to be, and I know Derby are working on trying to bring in another striker, um, but it all seems a little bit desperate. And I think we could still be playing now, and I'm not sure where to put the ball in the back of the net. And we've just got to hope it it was one of them games. Um, I'm not so sure it was, but hopefully it was. It was just yeah. one of them games, and you know we we can we can brush it under the carpet a little bit um, in you know in two or three weeks' time, and and not necessarily worry about it. But um, one other negative, uh, as you mentioned a little bit earlier, John Jules went down, and I'm afraid I'd, it didn't look good to me. Um, I don't know if there's been any. Uh, official sort of information out by the club, but that doesn't look good, Jack, for me. Um, but then, sort of to end, sort of end the Reading chat on a positive. Um, before I've got a refereeing question for you, clearly, um, it's not the only reason you're on, but you know, it just so coincides. We asked you to come on, and um, the ref was yeah, it's not the first time, is it? It's no, no. Time. No, the ref was interesting <laughs> last night, to say the least. Um, obviously, we've made a sign-in. We saw his uh, debut for Derby last night. Um, and we saw a slight glimpse of what he might be able to bring in that bursting run and, and, and the cut inside. And, OK, he shoots wide. But, you know, if that's something that's going to come from him in the next 19 games and, and beyond. Um, he is a, he, he could be a, a, a key part of Derby moving forward, a, a position that I've definitely thought Derby's needed strength. I don't think we're strong down that left-hand side. Um, obviously, Mendes has drifted out there a little bit, which has allowed Kane to play or Joe Ward to play on the right. And I get that side of things. Um, but somebody who feels comfortable on that left-hand side, like obviously Corey Blackett-Taylor is, um, he didn't have lots of opportunities to impress in his 
in his first appearance, Jack. But obviously, the signing itself and and the brief stint that we saw, as I say, he's made one dart in running. And most, certainly at this level, he's going to unlock a couple of defences at this level, you would you would think, and carry on his, obviously, his form that he's had for Charlton this season. Yeah, and I, and I think you've you've mentioned it there. It was only a glimpse, and it was a bad overall derby performance. And we can't start making sort of judgments already. But in terms of what we saw from from him in this sort of game, Reading defended very well before he'd come on, playing the sort of way that we sort of do. And I I thought when he came on, I thought, well, it, he's coming on, and really, it's probably a bad time for him to come on because Reading defended really well in terms of defending us down that flank and and even on the right hand side as well. Um, but obviously he did show that he's got something about him and making sure that when he does go with the ball, he just wants to drive forward, which was good. There was one point where I think it was Elder that was running, uh, made an overlapping run and things like that, and we had a good bit of play there and Elder wins a free kick. That all sort of stems and and he just wants to go forward, which is the main thing that you want for a winger. You want him to be explosive. You want him to drive forward. And we saw that in the glimpse that we saw him. We just got to think for ourselves that, like I say, when we're playing against Cheltenham, um, on Saturday and even in future games that we just see those glimpses and maybe that shot just comes inside the post instead of on the outside of the post and it doesn't go wide. And you just think to yourself that the big sign in this, this can be in terms of the fact that, like you've just said, on the left-hand side, we haven't really had an out-and-out left-hand side um, sort of player. And if Elder sort of keeps playing the way that he is, I think this could be a really good sort of left-hand side flank that we've had on the right-hand side anyway, really, whether it's Joe Ward-Wilson, however that might look with Mendes Gang or whoever it is that's playing. Having it on both flanks just makes us not look like we're one-dimensional. We can play on both sides and we are able just to go through that uh, way. Um, but it just means that we have to be clinical when that ball comes into the box and we can't be re- saying, oh, what if that went in and things like that. We have got to make sure that we're putting away those chances because otherwise we're going to get to the end of the season, like we've already said, um, being that negative Nancy saying, what if this had happened? What if that shot went in? What if Conor Horan put the ball in? Um, instead of hitting the post. And you just look at these things and just hope that at some point, Derby fans are going to get some joy and hopefully we'll have something to say at the end of the season in terms of um, promotion. But I think in terms of the the bracket Taylor, that should be now a a real statement to the league saying, no, we have got one of the best players in the league in Mendes Langer. And we've added that in with Corey bracket Taylor on the other side. We are not trying to, to shy away from from promotion. We want this promotion and we want it this season. Uh, so we've just got to hope that obviously everything works in our favour for once and uh, we get over the line. Absolutely. As I said, slight mention on uh, on ref watch, Jack, as I, as I know you will you will do. Um, of course. Obviously, um, he, he allowed the game to flow. There was a couple of meaty yeah. challenges that went in over, over the 90 minutes. Um, sort of one that Talking point, and again, it, we obviously get the benefit of, of replays. And that first off, that challenge on Con- Connor Oran, um, obviously not even blown for a foul. I think I've seen Reds given for less than that um, as as a professional. Um, what, what was your what was your take on that one? Yeah, I just I just knew that this was going to come up. And, and you know what? I'm starting to think to myself, I'm going to start saying no to these if the ref has a bad performance. Say I've got a cold or something, I can't do it. Um, but no, in turn, if I put my referee hat on, forget my Derby County hat, I'm putting my referee hat on. Um, in terms of in terms of the overall game, you said it already. You let the game flow, and I can understand really why he tried to do that in 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 most times because the the game really. Um, did get a bit feisty and it and it was really consistent in terms of the fact that he was kind of letting both sides sort of go at it and things like that. But if you want to stamp authority uh, on the game and there's a challenge that comes in like that, um, that is the perfect time for a caution. And the reason why I say a caution is it, it, for me, it's not a sending off. Um, there was no really sort of excessive force as we used the referee term, the excessive force. It wasn't really massive force when it comes down to that. The points of contact, I know people are saying that the studs look, the points of contact wasn't really high and I don't really think that the force that was put into that challenge sort of deems uh, a sending off offence. But I am I would have absolutely backed a, a caution um, 
for that sort of offence. And to be honest with you, when I first saw it, I went, "Oh, I don't, I don't know about this mm. one." And obviously, like you just said, we we saw the replay, and I thought, "Oh, I'm su- I'm surprised that he he didn't get a caution for that one." But like I say, we every referee has those sort of moments. And in terms of the overall game, he did let it flow, and he and he let both teams sort of go at it. And as we saw, the first part of the game was quite late on. But um, yeah, in terms of the overall sort of game, that was sort of the big key point. I can understand why some fans, as, as Derby fans, would want a, a red card. But I would have been very surprised if we had uh, if we had seen a red card for that challenge. Let's just say that. Yeah, and I think it's nice to get the insights from somebody who, who obviously has been there and done it because, you know, most of us haven't. And I, I'm all for... I'm all for letting the game flow if the consistency is there. And, and, and one point that you picked up on there, and I, I can't deny, he, he was he was, he was consistent. The referee was consistent. There was a couple of challenges flying in and, and Reading sort of played to that advantage in the first half. And then I know Elder put in a couple of couple of challenges and I think uh, Cash had one as well. Yeah. And it, it, the referee's yeah. been fair and, and, and done exactly the same thing. I suppose the other main talking point, and I must admit, I didn't think it was, but Paul Warren mentioned it in his post-match that um, he thought Derby might have had a penalty. I mean, I personally, th- I, I personally think he's clutching at straws a little bit there, um, and I've got a feeling you might say. I something agree. Similar. Yeah, I agree. With that. Yeah, I, I agree, and and I think when it comes down to it, let's say the game ends one-one or we win two-one, nobody even talks about that sort of instance at all um, for me, and it was just the fact that we're just wanting something from it. That is the that is the Derby sort of um, hat that I've got sort of looking at. That I didn't think anything of it personally. I think that um, it was it was just one of those football challenges, as we like to call it. Um, and I don't and I don't think there was any real issue. And I think Paul Warren probably knows that as well, deep down as well. So um, yeah, not uh, not for me. No. That's fine. Right, moving on. We've got one minute and 45 seconds left. Uh, sorry, anybody who's tuning in this week from a Cheltenham persuasion, hoping for a, a massive chat about Cheltenham. There isn't going to be one. Um, but Jack Dobby, get back to uh, Pride Park on Saturday and let's put a positive, sort of try and put a positive spin on it, For I say, for the last 30 seconds. Um Derby have just got to go back to win, get back to winning ways. Um, they've they've got to try and eradicate these two performances out of people, out of the fans' minds, out of the players' minds, out of the management's minds. Um, as you mentioned earlier, they're coming up against a, a Cheltenham side who are struggling down the bottom. Obviously, Cheltenham were the first team to score this season. Uh, Derby allowed them their first goal against us at their place in what yeah. was a bit of a tepid affair. Um, but it's about Derby have just got to as I say, blow out the last two games out of the system and get back to three points. Because I think whilst it's been disappointing four days, if you can get back to winning ways on Saturday, then there's a week break until obviously um, the Charlton away game where I think some teams have got trophy games in Bolton have got trophy yeah. game, Peterborough have got trophy game. It just allows Derby another little mini reset. And obviously there's still going to be a bit of a shuffle at the end of the season as well. Uh, sorry, at the end of the month as well, while the window's still open. So, it's just about doing whatever they can to get that Saturday out of the way with three points, isn't it? Absolutely. And, and you look at the, the fact that we're playing again another, another side that is near the bottom of the table. We've just got to hope that we get to this game and, we, and we're, we're really at it and just hope that at the end of the day we get the three points. Which... The final thought on the podcast we We'll just have a couple of minutes. We've decided to extend the chat um, a little, just a, just a little bit to say Cheltenham. It's important to get that, just get back to winning ways the best that we can and uh, stop the the mini rot. Um, I wanted, I did want to ask you, Jack. Obviously, this uh, will be before the window sort of ends, and we, we didn't quite get chance to get round to it. Um, there's been a couple of players' names floating around. Um, I'd, I'd just like your opinion on, uh, obviously, the name linked is Michael Smith, um, somebody who Paul Warren knows well. Is it close to 20 goals in the last two seasons for Sheffield Wednesday in League One? Okay, he's what, 32-33? So, obviously not a deal for the future, but one that might be an acute bit of business um to to bring in however for anybody that did hear his post match last night he was asked if he was going to go back in for 
said player without any names and he, he's turned around and said, nope, that's his, if Michael Smith is that one that we're, we, we, that we're on about, he said, no, and he's going to, that, the, the, the bid is what the bid is and there's other options. So it leaves it a little bit open, Jack, um, but clearly he wanted a striker in. Uh, David Clowes has backed him with Corey Blackett-Taylor and I, I think that is a very good signing for Derby. I, I think it was a, a piece of the puzzle. You know, you, you can't make six signings in January. No, you know, man, the likes of Manchester City, Manchester United, you know, all them, none of them make six signings in, in January. Even some relegation teams don't make six signings in January. So it was only ever going to be minor surgery to, to coin a, a Paul Warren phrase, but a striker is clearly of the most importance, and especially now, John Jules looks like the majority of the campaign he's going to miss if it's his hamstring again. You know, you're certainly not going to see him for another two months at least, um, and then building up his fitness again. So he's definitely going to miss the back, the, the majority of the running. Um, it's it's got to be key critical to bring somebody in, hasn't it? I mean, don't get me wrong, get all the football cliches out of the way. Can't just bring bodies in. They've got to improve the first team and this, that and the other. Absolutely, they have. But we are now at a point, and obviously, I don't know what Connor Washington's position is. I don't know what Martin Waggon's position is in terms of injury. But if they're at least another four, five, six weeks away, and John Jules is as bad as it seems, I'd argue it's not just one that Derby need. It's It's possibly two. And I'm not so sure we'll get to. I think it will only be one. And it is going to be at that top end of the pitch. Um, I know it sounds a bit of a daft question. And I think the last couple of games have kind of alluded to this. Derby not bringing in a, bringing in a striker that can hit the ground running a little bit. And obviously that's going to be hard because most strikers who come in in January probably haven't been playing unless you're paying money for them. Um, how crucial is it going to be, in your opinion, Jack? Because in mine, we've just spoken for the last 45 minutes, there are plenty of other things that Derby are going to have to have to keep consistent between now and the end of the season. But if you're going to aim to try and do that with just one fit striker, um, I think that's possibly a step too far. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, to be completely honest with you, I think the injuries to, to Waggon and, and Washington, if they're not too far away, I don't think it's the end of the world. However, we still need one. And and we cannot go into the, the back end of the season where Derby have, have been known over recent years to, to make it difficult for ourselves. We cannot put ourselves in a position where we're looking at it, thinking at the end of the season, why didn't we get a striker in January? Because that was our exact thoughts last January when we was having the exact same conversation and I look, I, I just look at it and go if Wagon and Washington aren't too far away then we definitely need one if we're still waiting on them for a couple of months and you're thinking that we need two but as you've just said we're probably only going to get one anyway um, but yeah it's so crucial whether that's Smith or whether it's anybody else um, and I think to be honest with you it's probably best that we don't get Smith because Sheffield Wednesday are just a difficult club to deal with at the minute clearly Um but yeah, it looks like to me it's going to be only one if we do get one. Um, and whoever that is, it's, it's just got to be somebody different. And I think Michael, uh, to be fair with Smith, I think it's he's a very similar player to Collins anyway. And that would sort of go down the route that we've said already that we've got another, we've got a one-dimensional team. And when that plan A doesn't work, plan B doesn't work either. So it's like we don't really know what to do. Um, so it probably would be worth having another striker that's a bit different. And that's why we've got Wagon and Washington in a sense, but. We can't rely on them because they're always injured. So I look back on it and go, we definitely need one striker at least. But it's just about whether or not we can get someone of real quality. Because we're trying to get go up to the championship. And can we really find a championship sort of top-end league one striker in January? I doubt that we can really find someone. Um, whether that's going to be a youngster or something like that from a Premier League club. But absolutely, that should be our number one priority if there is any. And I, I, I we've spoken about the midfield already, but it sounds like we, we're going to struggle to sort of deal with just the one striker signing itself. So um, trying not to be too picky, but that's, that striker has got to happen. Um, and when we go into deadline day at the end of the month, 
we've just got to hope that we've done it by then uh, and they've got somebody in. Yeah, I, I, I think there are probably one or two other areas that we could do with a little bit of something, but I, I, it just doesn't seem like that that's of, of main concern at, uh, to Paul Warren from the, sort of the whole feel of the transfer window as, as it's been in January. It was obviously Corey Blackett-Taylor and obviously Michael Smith we've been linked with before. We was linked with him in the summer as well. So it, it, it makes sense that that was obviously a name that cropped up. Um, I, I did see... Um, something about uh, the lad from Bradford City, obviously they called back from Swindon who'd scored 16 goals in about 10 games yeah. or whatever it may well have been. Um, but it, it was, you've just pointed, sort of hit the nail on the head for me there with a different type of striker. It's why I was keen on John Jules being given the time, being allowed to come back in, you know, in, in fits and starts because he offered something a little bit different um, and I mean, unfortunately, if the lads broke down again, then, you know, unfortunately, no disrespects to him. But I think a career at the top end of uh, of, of English football is, is probably is, is probably going to pass him by. If you, you know, if your hamstrings are shot at that age, then obviously, you know, you know, you've not really got much of a much of a hope. But yeah, that's yeah. why I, I was sort of hoping he would sort of kick kick on for Derby. And I was quite happy that they'd extended his, his loan because he, he did offer that something different. And I think you're right. Michael Smith, obviously, is a very, very similar type of, of player to Collins. But then I suppose when you look at Derby's attacking prowess, it is barrage in the box with crosses. So you, you're going to want that big burly striker up front who's going to get his head on things. And we know that Collins does that. We know that Smith, if his name crops up again, and we see him in a Derby shirt by the 1st of February. We'll wait and see. Um, last question on the transfer window before we wrap up the podcast then, Jack. I suppose, as I say, that there is probably one or two slight areas we would argue we would look at. Maybe something, obviously, for the summer, dependent on what division we're in. Um, it's been, so far, quite a quiet um, rumour mill in terms of you know, players going out. And obviously there are a couple of names that we would have expected to have had a bit more heat on them in, in January. Um, obviously, Aaron Cashin being one, Max Bird being the other. I could probably think of a couple of squad players as well that I'm surprised that are still around. Obviously, squad players, probably more chance of some more interest if there's movement coming towards the end of the window, even if not on deadline day. But how surprised are you that... I appreciate rumours are only rumours, but there hasn't been the rumours for, for Cashin or, or for Bird like they were in the summer um, so far in January. And what sort of what are you expecting for the last seven days of the window from, from in terms of outgoings? I'll be very surprised if we lose anybody. And, and that's even like a squad player, for example. Like maybe even like a Corey Smith when he's fit. I can't even see like that sort of outgoing happening. But for me, I think that the, the, the key thing is that the key players are staying. And I think that in terms of the, the fact that we've not really had any rumours, I think Paul Warren probably started his January transfer window probably in November, I'd probably say, in terms of outgoings, making it very clear that Max Bird and Erin Cashin are not for sale and they will be staying at least until the summer. Um, and obviously, I know a lot of Derby fans at the minute on on X are talking about um, Max Bird and, and whether or not this, that's the right thing to do or not. But for me, it, those players are key. And we're going to look at the end of the season if we're in the championship thinking, wow, it was a really good thing that we kept them both. And we've seen how good Aaron Cashin is getting fans per the month uh, for December as well. And I just think that it was cr- crucial that we kept him. And I'm a big fan of Max Bird and he wasn't his night last night, but I'm a big fan of Max Bird. And I think that keeping all of them when it comes to the end of the season is, is going to be crucial. But I don't think it's going to be a really busy uh, seven days until the end of the season. And to be honest with you, I'd be very surprised if we even get the striker in. Um, it wouldn't surprise me at all if we don't get anything. Um, and to be honest with you, if, can we be really too disappointed? We've got three strikers in Connor Washington, Martin Waghorn and James Collins, where really two of them have always been injured. But in terms of on paper, any League One club would be very happy with those three strikers just in general. Um, so as long as we can get them fit and get them fit quickly, um, I can't really see a massive issue. But yeah, a striker is needed, but I'll be very surprised if we get anything in on um, before deadline day. 
Uh, yes, I, w- I would have to agree if if the news about, as we say, Michael Smith, don't like to ban players' names around, but he has been one that's been very much linked in the last couple of days. And as you mentioned, yeah. Sheffield Wednesday don't sound like they really want to make it easy for Derby to do business. So um, you look at a player of that age and, and, and whatever else and what they're asking, If and, and it's refreshing, it's frustrating, but it's refreshing in another way. If Derby have set a limit, and that limit is that limit, and it's not a pound more, and Derby are willing to walk away from that deal, then you know that just goes to show you that clearly that um, that business is being run correctly, which obviously yeah, absolutely, we have no problem with, um, even if it is slight detriment to the obviously to to the on the field, we have to play within our budget, and like you say, on paper we should still have enough, um, really. Um, obviously, we just got to get them fit, and. I think you're right. I th- the, the, I'm 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 more confident now that none none will be going. Um, as I say, there might be one or two squad players that if they, we lost them, would it be the end of the world? Probably not. Um, but yeah, I, I think, and I am surprised, but I do think the 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 cashing one is obviously the main one. I think. Yeah, obviously Hull would have been interested in Bird, but obviously they signed um, what's his name from Liverpool, didn't they? On loan, so slightly yeah, different type of yeah, slightly different type of midfielder, but still that, that probably filled that void for them. Um, Cashin is still, I suppose, up in the arms, and maybe they'll throw a bid out on on deadline day, and it'll test Derby's resolve again. But they tested it in August, and Derby didn't didn't you know they they hung out for the price, so you've got to hope that they do something same, and I think. As Paul Warren said right at the beginning, yes, it'd be great to add a couple, but to actually keep hold of the majority, if not all, and we come out of the window just as strong, um, then you know that that isn't that isn't necessarily a negative negative thing, and it, it'll be an interesting seven days. I did say if Derby don't beat Cheltenham on Saturday, then uh, oh, yeah, fans may have a different opinion of that, Jack. But you know, um, fingers crossed. Obviously, we we get back to winning ways on, on Saturday and we can put this week down to just one of those weeks in, in the football league. And as I say, I still think it's Derby can win mathematically on Saturday and, and go top with other results going, going the other way. So, you know, not all is lost. Um, and to try and end it on a, on a little bit of positivity. Um, let's just hope, as I say, it, it was, this was a, a little mini, a mini blip, and and Derby don't continue to start to slide a little bit. And who knows? As I say, by by the end of the window, we might have another striker in. We will wait and see. Jack Simpson, thank you very much for joining me, mate. I appreciate your patience earlier on with the technical difficulties, and uh, we'll have you on again before the end of the season, mate. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me on, mate. Appreciate it. No problem at all. And. That's it for this week's episode. As I said, next week we'll have all the fallout from Cheltenham and we will be looking towards a trip to the Valley. Thanks for listening and as always, up the ramps. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Rams Review Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to get in touch, we're on Twitter at Rams Review 1. Our Facebook is Rams Review Podcast. Or you can drop us an email, ramsreview at hotmail.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, up the Rams.